Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into episode 128 of the show. It's good to be here with you. What is everybody doing this weekend? Anybody have exciting plans? Something fun that they're going to do with friends or family or relatives? I don't know. I'll be chilling out this weekend with my kid as usual. And if you follow me on social media at the Open Mic Podcast, I often post pictures up there of my son and I having fun. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be raining here in the Bay. We definitely need it. I've enjoyed this warm, sunny weather, I have to say. But uh, we need the rain, so super thankful for it. But moving along, thank you so much for joining in. And if you head over to the openmicpodcast.net, that's where you can hear all of the latest episodes. Find out anything and everything about me and the show. All kinds of fun things, any ideas, suggestions, comments, whatever. Shoot us an email and say what's up. Well, we have a very special guest today. I'm super excited. But before I announce who that is, I want to give a shout out to Randy Jones of Jones.show and Eric Conley of Unstructured for making this interview today possible. You know, the the podcasting community is very tight-knit and a lot of these guests, you know, sometimes they're really easy to get and sometimes they're very hard. And they helped me just through a series of connections have our guest today, Susan C. Bennett, the original voice of Siri. That's right, Susan C. Bennett, and it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited to talk to her. I have some really exciting questions and some things she's probably never been asked before, so we're going to have some fun with her. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, I recommend that you do because you get first dibs on all of these fun episodes when we talk to these guests and and have them on. But Randy, thank you. And of course, Eric for introducing me to Randy. Randy came on my show and then he pitched me the idea and the offer to have Susan on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. He's actually introduced me to a couple guests. Robin Hauser, she's a Bay Area filmmaker and we're going to have her on here very soon as well. She's at Sundance right now. So it's been a little tough to connect, but that's okay. We will get her on the show soon enough. But enough of my chitter-chatter. Susan C. Bennett, welcome into the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that is so crazy that you do that. It's funny. Ironically, I was just talking to my Siri earlier today and telling her to read off my appointment. So... It's very surreal to be talking to you, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty safe to say that at this point in time, everybody knows who you are and that you are the original voice of Siri. But I want to ask, was it difficult to adjust to that almost instant level of celebrity that you had been launched into when this all became public, because you've been doing voiceover work and other things for years prior to this even happening. Yes, actually, it took me almost two years to reveal myself as the voice because uh, basically I didn't know what to do with that information. I I found out that I was the voice of Siri when a fellow voice actor emailed me and said, 
hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. <laughs> Isn't this you? And I went, what? Uh, so I went on the Apple site and listened, and yes. And uh, I really had ambivalent feelings. On the one hand, I thought, well, gee, I'm kind of like the new voice of Apple. On the other hand, well, I never worked directly with Apple. I never got a check from Apple. And uh, who is this Siri person? <laughs> and so it took me a while to uh, to process the information. And I'm basically an introvert at heart. And so I wasn't sure that I wanted to be famous or any kind of celebrity, even even uh, the type of celebrity that I am, which is like, you know, if Kathy Griffin's on the D list, I must be around <laughs> X or Y or Z. But <laughs> but I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to deal with all of that. So I also knew that human beings have a tendency to stereotype, and especially in my business, and I love doing voiceover work, I didn't want to just be known as the voice of Siri because I knew I'd be typecast and therefore wouldn't be able to do lots of aspects of voiceover that I enjoy so much. So, yes, it was it was a huge life lesson for me. It turned out to be very positive. Yes, I would um, say. <laughs> as sometimes, uh, you know, life lessons can be. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's definitely worked out well for you. I have to say the one thing that I found very fun about what you do is that you showed up in the Lego Batman movie as Pewter, which I, I loved that. Was that actually you that did that for Lego, or was that someone who just kind of copied your voice and did it? As well, you know, I don't really know. I did make myself go see the Lego Batman movie, which (laughs) 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 I'll never get those two hours back. No, um, no, you won't. Neither will I. (laughs) um, I think that my voice was just used on the trailer. Okay. I don't think that, you know, that my my voice was the actual computer. But the funny thing is that a lot of people can't tell the difference. For instance, I'm the original voice of Siri, but the voices changed with the Apple 5S with operating system OS 7. And nobody else really recognized it but me. And I said, oh, this sounds like a different person. What's going on? And I never really got an answer to that question until... Siri's voice changed again with OS 11. Mm-hmm. She's very, very different now. She's a millennial now. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if you ask Siri now who I am, she says that I am a, an American voice actor and the original Siri voice up to OS 11. So what that means is, beginning with OS 7, they started to audiologically manipulate the voice, uh, which is interesting on the one hand and very sort of frightening on the other because you know what it's we're living in a culture where we don't really know what we're hearing and seeing mm-hmm. <laughs> because all of this can be manipulated by computers so yeah so uh that's the story of that yeah it's crazy and google has come up with a system now they released a couple videos where they essentially have an AI system that can make a phone call and order a pizza and you think that it's a human being, but really it's an automated voice or can cantonated, I think would be the proper term where they've probably had somebody like you come in and record a series of words and terms and all these different things. And then somehow have gone in and pieced it all together to make it sound like, a normal conversation, which I agree with you, Susan. It's unbelievable the technology that exists and that can even be done. And and I I have to say, I did notice a big change in the voice because I think your version 
was a lot more personal and maybe I don't know what the term would be snarky. I don't, I don't know if that's the correct term, but it, I that's guess the one I use. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit more. Are you really asking me that question? I think, you know, who let the dogs out and there was all kinds of things that people were asking at the time. And I think eventually they just said due to popular demand that question has been retired or something like that because People were just asking her all kinds of crazy questions. Now, I, I do want it to be known that you have been doing voiceover work for, for a long time. I think yes. some of the first work that you did was Tilly, the all-time teller, is, is one that I came across. But what are some other things that you had done prior to going in for this company? I, I know it wasn't Apple. It was somebody else. But what, what else have you done that you would say, has kind of shaped you as a voice actor overall? Well, uh, Tilly the All-Time Teller, I sang the jingle okay. for that. So I, it was not a voiceover. It was actually a singing gig. And I got into voiceover by accident because I started, started off as a singer. I'm still a singer. But um, I've, I've basically worked for just about any company you can think of. I've done, you know, Papa John's, IBM, Coca-Cola, McDonald's. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done, done it for so many years that I've gone through a lot of different uh, trends, advertising trends, and uh, really had a lot of fun with, with the time period when they were using a lot of character voices and, and things like that. So it, it's been very enjoyable. I have loved this job very much. But I have to say it was a lot more fun. In the past, when we all used to gather in the studio together, mm -hmm. uh, because then there was a lot more energy there, and you would have some give and take between the actors. Sometimes you'd improv and even come up with better lines than were had been written for the script. So that is not too that doesn't happen too much anymore, except in animation. I think that they do gather the people together in the studio in Los Angeles for the majority of, of animated voices. But the rest of us are are pretty much home alone in our little booths. And uh, and the putting together of the whole thing, the timing is up to the engineer. But uh, I've done a lot of different radio and TV commercials, and I'm the uh, universal voice of Delta Airlines gates worldwide. Now, I did want to ask you, this is more of just a curiosity thing. Do you do the voice of Amtrak? Because I was on Amtrak, and I heard a voice come across, and it sounded like the one of Delta. I didn't know if that was you or not, or maybe... A version of you or I don't know how that works once they get your voice and capture it if they can just move it around and, and use it in yes, different places. Yes, they have my voice. Yeah, the company is called Nuance. They're the biggest IVR company in the world and they have many of our voices. Uh, I've talked to a lot of other original Siri voices and we all had the same experience when we were doing these recordings in the early to mid 2000s, like 2005 or so is when I started. Um, we didn't realize what we were doing. We mm -hmm. thought we were doing sort of generic recording for phone systems. And it turns out that we were basically giving our voices to this company. And so I'll go to different places and hear a GPS voice and go, oh, up <laughs> 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 oh, oh, there I am. Um, and uh, I will have to thank my agent at Vox Inc. in Los Angeles who uh, are able to get me paid for my voice when it shows up on TV commercials. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah so um, there is a plus side there. You know, I think that some that technology has moved so quickly, and the lay people, including voice actors, didn't realize how all of this was going to end up. We didn't realize the impact 
of AI on all of our lives, and uh, particularly those for uh, actors, especially voice actors. So it's something that we're we're having to deal with, you know, having to accept and figure out how to, uh, you know, adapt. To. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And I think you had mentioned in previous interviews that when you went in, again, and you just mentioned this as well, that you really didn't know what you were doing. You were just doing it. It was an opportunity to use your talents as a voice actor and then record. But that's I, I appreciate confirming that suspicion because I, I take Amtrak a lot here in the Bay Area and some of the newer trains have this voice that say, please stand clear of the doors and enjoy your seat. And there's a cafe car. And I'm like, I think that's Susan Bennett. It has to be because it sounds exactly like that. And cheers to your agent as well for getting you paid for those uh, things, because I can imagine your voice could literally pop up anywhere at any point and not really, you don't even know it until you hear it yourself, like on a GPS or something like that. Now, you before even all of that in college, I understand that you were a singer and you were in a group or two, like even a jazz group of sorts. Were you always musically inclined before you even yeah, started yeah, I doing started this? Playing the, yes, I started playing the piano when I was four years old. I play by ear. And so I could just sit down and pick out songs. My next-door neighbor, my parents aren't musical. And so a next-door neighbor noticed I was out on the porch and I was playing this little you know, one octave toy piano. And he called my parents and said, I think you have a, a very musical child. He was an elderly man. He was getting ready to move and he gave me his spinet piano. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so I owe a lot to Mr. Chegner. Thank you, Mr. Chegner, wherever you are. Yeah, and I started taking piano lessons for many years and then uh, and uh, started, I, I started singing in high school and then continued doing that in college. Now, at what point, in all of that, did you decide, you know, obviously you're in college, and I think you touched on it briefly, but when you wanted to sort of make the change to voiceover work, you maybe did it a couple times and realized, this is something that I could do and, and make a career out of it, a very successful one. Well, it, it happened by accident. I was a jingle singer at, at a time when you could actually make a living as a jingle singer, and one day the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy of the spot that I had sung for with some other people in a group. And the owner of the studio said, well, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and read this spot. And I did. And I just, you know, being a freelancer, I'm always looking for new opportunities for work because, you know, it's not like you sign a contract and you go to work every day and you get a, a regular paycheck. We're, we're just scrounging for work all the time. And <laughs> so I thought, oh, this would be something I could do. So I got a voice coach and then a, a talent agent, and I've been doing that now for, for many years. <laughs> wow. And you obviously, it, you know, it picked up on you really quick. Now, I, I understand as well that you also maybe, did you do a little bit of theater in college early on? Um, I did musical theater in high school and college. And then when I graduated college, I decided that I was a much better singer than an actor. And so I ended up just being in bands from then on. Wow, it's so cool. And are you still doing music today? Are you involved in bands and that sort of thing? If somebody, if you were playing somewhere, someone would be able to come see you? Well, yes. Uh, I don't work as much as I used to. Um, uh, it's kind of a pick and choose thing at this. I'm at my brat stage of life. <laughs> but my husband and I are in a band called Boomers Gone Wild, and we play nothing but 60s and 70s rock and soul music. So that's really, really fun. Uh, for many, many years, we had a, a private event band, 
And so for many, many years, we had to tolerate, you know, like uh, event planners and, and do everything that everybody wanted us to do. Now we just get to play whatever we want, and it's great. It's really fun. Yeah, you, you have that freedom at this point, I would imagine, to just kind of be you and do your voice work. And then if you want to go play live music, when people see you out in public, do they make the connection instantly of who you are or... Do they try and figure it out or are you okay with them just not <laughs> figuring it out at all and just being Yeah, I don't I don't make a big deal of it. Um and nobody notices. I mean in the in the years that, that I was the voice of Siri, only two people recognized my voice just in daily life. Um and there are several reasons for that. First of all, you don't expect to hear the voice of Siri coming out of a human. You expect it just to come out of a, a device. But secondly, when I, when I speak, my, my voice is more up here, but the original Siri was more down here, and she spoke down, down there like that. Um, and so for that reason, most people do not recognize it. Now, at this point in time, uh, we have a lot of followers of our group, and so the people that we see uh, you know, again and again know that I'm the voice of Siri, so that's, that's not a big deal. But I, I don't usually – you know, I don't usually um, – promote it unless I think it's going to help the band or, or whatever group I'm, I'm in. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, job by job assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So now you have sort of compiled all of this together. You, you have your, your history is Siri and it's, and it came out and, and you've been on tons and tons of interviews and programs and you have the Siri speaker events now, right. let's talk about that. What is that all about? And, and when someone comes to one, what can they expect from that type of event? Well, I started doing it because I did a bunch of uh, appearances at tech conferences a couple of years ago, and I had the opportunity to meet Steve Wozniak. And if uh, your audience doesn't know this guy, they need to. Um, he is the actual builder of the original mm -hmm. Apple computer. So he was Steve Jobs' partner. And he actually acknowledged... Siri, me as Siri, and, and that's the only acknowledgement I've ever had from Apple. Uh, he, I did well when I was with him on stage, and he said, you really ought to do this. He said, you're, you're so natural, you're so at ease on stage, you should really try to do this. And so I did. Uh, I started, you know, very slowly. I think I, my first little gig was for the Chamber of Commerce here in Atlanta. And um, now I, I kind of tailor my presentation. It's basically fundamentally the same Thing. The first part is about the Siri recordings and how how they were done, and you know where Siri came from exactly. And the second part is about the voiceover business, and I do a bunch of different voices. And then the third part is how it affected me as a person, and it's a bit of a motivational thing about you know when things happen to us unexpectedly and and we don't really know what to do, and how. Uh, it being, surpri being surprised by being the voice of Siri really did change my life. And uh, I've just, um, I've done the uh, speaker events for a lot of different, a lot of different people. So anybody in your audience who, who needs a speaker sometime, hire Siri. <laughs> yes, yes. So I want to ask you a question and you, I don't know if you get asked this a lot, you may or may not, but I always like to ask anybody that I come on, that comes onto the show that's an entrepreneur or has a business, what are some best practices that you can share with anybody who is, is building a business and is trying to build a brand, some lessons learned that you have picked up that you maybe didn't have before, but could pass on 
to somebody listening in particular? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm really the wrong person to ask because I am a terrible self-promoter. Um, I was raised by people who were very conservative and reserved, and their whole attitude towards life was don't impose. <laughs> so that's a tough thing, tough thing to be a self-promoter with that, um, that heritage. Um, I'm also kind of an introvert, and so I don't really like thrusting myself upon people. So for those of you out there who are like me, the best thing to do is uh, find yourself a great agent, uh, which I fortunately have, and uh, or find someone that can do that for you, someone who that you can pay to uh, to boost your social media. And I would like to give a little shout out to someone that was on your on your podcast before, Randy Jones, who's my partner in his podcast, which is Jones Dot Show. Uh, he is a wonderful person, a great writer and journalist and interviewer as well, and he really helps me a lot with my social media. So I think that what you have to do is figure out who you are and how you can uh, best get yourself forward. And if you can't really do it yourself or you're not seeing much, um, many results from your own uh, attempts, um, it's, you know, get some help. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any dream jobs or, or dream collaborations that you would like to accomplish as you continue on in this career of, of being a voice actor? Wow. Um, well, I've always wanted to be a cartoon, but I don't know if that's in the cards because I'm not uh, in a position to move to Los Angeles. And I think that, you know, the the incredibly talented people they have there have pretty much had that sewn up. But um, I, I love doing voices. I really just, you know, I don't have any particular goal. I just love to work. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to work more. Um, so I, I would just like to do more voiceover work. I would love to do lots more speaker work. And so I just keep trying, um, working on that. Yeah. I, I think you've just had an absolutely amazing career and obviously have been very successful at it. When it comes to doing voiceover work, do you have a particular approach when you're given a script or somebody wants you to audition? How do you approach okay, this is how I'm going to do this or how I'm going to do that particular role that, that I've been cast to do? Well, it's difficult. It's more difficult now than it was in the past because we used to just go to the agent's office and sometimes the agent would give us directions or sometimes even the um, the casting person would give us directions. Now you, uh, you always audition via email. You know, you're recording at home and then you email your audition in. And sometimes you'll get these lengthy descriptions of what they're looking for. And many times you get so many different adjectives describing what you're supposed to do that by the end of it, you go, what? (laughs) So I think you have to use your own intuition, your own instincts. Take a bit of what they're saying. uh, You know, try to try to make it, you know, your own, what they're describing. Uh, But it is it is harder. I find it much harder to just audition by myself because I'm a perfectionist type person and and you know i'll listen back and go oh i can do better and i ended up you know spending way too much time doing something (laughs) (laughs) but um you know i think that you just have to anytime if you're interested in doing voiceover work i do have a documentary and if you're interested enough go ahead to my website susancbennett.com and uh, get my email address and you and i will send you that doc um but you know there a lot has changed because of technology it's it's really really completely night and day from what it used to be. But something's never changed. One thing is your acting ability. You've got to be able to articulate. You've got to be able to read well. There are certain skills that you, you really need to have if you're going to make this a career. And so those things never change. And I always uh, 
tell people, go ahead and get a voice coach. Get a voice coach, whether it's uh, someone local or, you know, there are a lot of wonderful people that you can do that are in Los Angeles teaching and, and they do um, teach via phone or Skype. Um, but the thing is, you know, learn your craft. It's like anything else. You'll, you'll get a lot more work if you're really good at what you do. I love it. So just one last question here as we wrap up. Do all the series hang out and talk to each other? Are you connected with them in any way? Do you guys have coffee or a group text? <laughs> no, not really. But um, I did communicate with uh, the original series in Britain, who is a male. Oh, wow. Uh, John okay. Briggs, who's a BBC announcer, fabulous guy, a very talented man. And Karen Jacobson lives in New York City. She is the, the Australian voice. And so I've met her, actually, and had lunch with her. And uh, so, no, we, we've been in touch, you know, superficially, I guess, but we, we don't hang out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Susan C. Bennett, thank you so much for being a part of my show today. I really appreciate it. If, if people want to learn more about you and just kind of figure out a little bit more in detail about the history of Siri and, and how all of that started, where can they go to find that out? Well, go to my website, SusanCBennett.com, and if you can't remember that, just Google uh, the voice of Siri, and my name will come up. <laughs> or just ask Siri. I guess you could as well. No, I know. You never know what Siri is going to tell you if, when you ask her about that. <laughs> that is very funny. That is very true. Siri is very unpredictable. And yep. hey, let's just take them to where we know they can find you. Susan, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. What a fun interview that was. Again, thanks, Randy, Susan, Eric. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend, and that wraps the show up for today. We'll be back next week with more amazing content, more amazing guests, and thank you to everyone who listens and follows. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Be blessed. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.